listening to Real Conversations and the brightest marketing minds with Jonathan Weiner and Chuck Austin. This is Marketing, marketing Unscripted. Unscripted. Hey, we're here today with, uh, or back today with Sally. She's a healthcare IoT advisor for Microsoft. Welcome, Sally. Hi, thank you. Nice to be here. So Sally, we're sitting here today and it's a mystery about what we're going to talk about, but we love to talk about marketing. Sure. So we, you, we would like you to let us in on your mystery thesis. <laughs> well, and uh, just to kind of level set, so I've been at Microsoft uh, about three years and actually started there in the marketing field and have been in marketing prior to that for about 20 years. And in addition to my Microsoft role, I also own the local yoga studio, the Mindu. And of course, that gives me lots of opportunities to stretch my marketing muscle. So while I'm in sales now, and sales doesn't really happen without marketing, but the marketing background is really probably more prominent in my experience in my career. So one of the things that I think about when I think about marketing and how it's evolved, because I started in marketing, you know, more than 30 years ago and how it's developed and how it's changed with the advent of social media, with the marketing tools that we have, like customer relationship management software, and how we have this ability to really flood the market with messages and flood our targets and our customers with messages is how do you make that relevant and how do you develop a strategy that ingratiates yourself to your targeted customers as opposed to continually spamming them. And so at the studio, for example, we send out a weekly email with kind of updates as to what's happening in the coming weeks. And while some people may find that to be spam-filled, they can always opt out, right? But we also try to infuse that every few um, sessions, every few sections with an article that educates And so I think as we look at kind of the continuum of marketing and the fact that you get online today, if you want to buy a car or refrigerator, if you want to find a yoga studio or whatever, the pricing is already evident to you. So it's not really going to be a price war. When you buy a car, you can go to KBB, you can go to Edmunds, you can go to all kinds of sources that will tell you the value of the car on the market. So when you start looking at those car sites, all of a sudden you start getting emails from everybody because they're tracking you. Buy this, buy this, buy this. But what if instead of getting buy this, buy this, buy this, you got a note that said, hey, saw you were working, looking at a turbo model. Here's an article about the difference between a regular engine, a turbo, and a twin turbo. And so the focus really needs to be really um, to really stand out in today's overwhelmingly busy market and messaging framework, you need to educate. And that education has to come in small drips in a way that is short and consumable. And what that does is it sets you up as not only an expert, but a trusted advisor to your customers. And that's really what you want. And that's what marketing is about now. It's not about here, buy this product. It's about building relationships in a way that will sustain both 
the relationship and your company. Yeah, I mean, Sally's approach is, is right on to, to what we do, Chuck, and, and what you do and what you do for your customers and, uh, you know, position the company or the owner as a thought leader by by educating and sharing content and teaching and sharing best practices so that when they are ready to buy or take that next step, you know, you're on top of mind and you didn't overwhelm them or hammer them or spam them. So I think that's an excellent uh, strategy. Chuck, what do you think? No, I think that is where you need to be because everyone either if you're going on price it's just a race to a bot to the bottom always and um, especially it resonated with me about the car buying experience so my wife purchased a car uh, back in September October last year and it was one of those experiences that you never want to have again mm-hmm. um, and, and I, I, I do I love cars like most it's nice to have a new car and that new smell and that new feel and there's no scratches or dings on your car um, in the new experience. But the experience of purchasing a car, um, probably next to near death for me personally, that's what it's like. And uh, not to be knocking, uh, it's the, not to knock the industry too hard. Um, there's a lot of hardworking, good people in the industry, but uh, it's really tough. But I see that in other industries, just like you said. So in the way of education, um, educating the client, I I think you get a better client because they want to learn about that. But with so much information out there, they're going to go to YouTube or they're going to go to whatever their their medium is to, to learn more about it. So are you saying that, hey, when we go ahead and start educating versus them asking us to educate them, then we're a step ahead in the marketplace. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really good point because certainly if you're going to buy a car, you're going to do all kinds of online research. Um, But really the interesting point is what new perspective can you bring to the customer? So even if you, and this is something that I do with my customers uh, in my day job with Microsoft, is that if I start to see something that they're interested in, if I come across an article, I'll send it to them. Just, you know, here, saw this, thought you might be interested. And so in doing that, you can, there's so much information. If you can kind of funnel that down to something that's meaningful to them, that's one way to do it. Another way is to take some of that existing content and put your perspective on it. Hey, I thought you might have seen this article about whatever, Um, I'm not sure I really agree with it, and here's why, and here's how I think it pertains to what we've talked about in the past. So, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I think, so you make a good point that there's a plethora of information out there, and so how do you use that to your advantage? And frankly, it takes a lot of thought, and it takes a lot of putting yourself in the customer's shoes, but the idea is that you bring something unique to the table, and that's what turns you from a seller into a trusted advisor. Right. So, and I, this, this brings me to the next point, or maybe we expand on it even sure. more. So uh, what my wife despises in the buying process, she wants someone's opinion. So she wants your opinion, whether she likes it or not. She would rather you have a strong opinion so she can see a different perspective on something like whether it's you know how should I build this patio or how should I do this or landscape or, or you know whether it's clothing or it, whatever it would be mm-hmm. she wants your opinion whether it's right or wrong because she's going to collect opinions right and and try to find the ones in the middle and the ones that she kind of sees 
she likes your viewpoint on. But there's so many people in the sales process, whether small business or large business, um, that they say, okay, here's your options, here's your choices, and that is it. And there's really nothing else added to the process other than ours is better. I can't right. really tell you why, but it's better. Right. So that goes back to the idea of building yourself up as a trusted advisor. And this is a really easy thing to do, even virtually on social media. So whether it's your company brand or you personally, if you are always posting things either to LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, whatever social, Twitter, whatever social, Snapchat, whatever social media channel you're on, and you build, um, again, whether it's your company or you personally, you build credibility and followership followers um, on your brand because you always post about X. So you can't be an expert in everything. So you have to pick maybe two to three things that you say, okay, I'm going to post about this. And so when your wife is looking for those strong opinions, think about how you use social media. I'm sure there are people that you follow on a regular basis and go, what do they think about this? You go to a forum and you look for that one person that seems to always resonate with you. And so those strong opinions come out in those posts, even virtually, because you have built a body of links and opinions based on what you know. You know, I work with some national, uh, well, some franchisees of national franchises. A couple uh, in mind where I have a, a collective group of franchisees that are clients. And so in the way of social media, and we're not a social media shop, but we could probably tell them how to do it 10 times better than most local SEO consultants, or at least that's what they call themselves. Um, but they've been told to just post, 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 post. And I, whenever I see post, 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 I, I think unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. You need um, to be like E.F. Hutton. Right. If you're going to say something, you want to make sure everyone listens. Right. And I think there's so many people out there that don't want to put their opinion. They don't have time, but they think that that's what messaging is about, is just slamming people with messages. doesn't matter what they are, but it's just slamming them with messages. You know, I mean, you're totally right. And, and I was talking to um, a potential client yesterday that um, is in the financial sector. He's got a really interesting model, like a CFO for hire business, mm-hmm. basically. He's got a right. big team. And um, smart guy. And has a big YouTube channel, and they're professionally done. They're okay, but but the and the fact that he's doing it is great. But he's posting like daily in their five to eight minute videos. And back to what Sally said, it's not consumable. You know, even the most energetic, engaging, creative speakers, professional stage speakers, you're not going to keep someone's attention for six minutes on, in a subject like that, in a, in a forum like that, and in a medium like that. So I just consulted him. I said, hey, you need to make those two minutes or less. You know, keep doing them. You'll, you'll do part one and leave them, leave them dangling for part two. You know, get their interest because you, you only get their interest once and you got to keep their interest. So back to, you know, bite size and snack bite is huge. Absolutely. So how, are, how do you apply that on a, on a corporate level, like a Microsoft level? Uh, yeah, that's, it's, it, Microsoft has so many different business right, units. It right. would be hard to... Hard to focus on that, but but you know if you're looking at a, a you know a normal size firm or whatever, right. you've got to go back to what your your overarching marketing goals are, and it may be I want to be the I want to be known as the best at X, 
and whatever that X is, then everything you post needs to support that in a way that says not, hey, look at me, buy from me, but hey, look at me, I can help you learn why you need to purchase or when you need to purchase or what your options are and how to purchase. Um, that inform that process without, in, in a subliminal way, without saying, you know, buy, buy, buy. Well, you know, it's, it's almost the ethos of the corporation that comes down into the marketing department and the sales. You know, and I know it's sales, 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 and we're in business to make money uh, or to bring a return to our investors. I mean, not forgetting that, so let's, let's put that to a side. Um, it seems like there, we still haven't moved to a place and maybe, maybe it's just going to move because um, people are going to make it move, right? That we, and let me, I'm kind of, let me get, gather my thoughts because we're going to get into deep thoughts here. Maybe it's because we still don't consider ourselves like businesses. Let's say, when I say we, the business itself still doesn't have that ethos that we are a servant to our client. We are providing a service. We are providing a product that is a service to them. We are here to help them to put that client in a better place. And so their marketing really doesn't follow along with that. So it's just money-driven, results-driven all the time. And that's where the, maybe the bottleneck is. It's also, I think, has to do with short-term gains versus long-term gains. Right. So to build yourself up as a trusted advisor takes time. And while you're spinning that up, you still need to hold the other plate spinning to sell, right? So it's, it becomes a lot harder to do that trusted advisor because of the time frame, especially if you're a smaller business. Because you're like, well, that's all well and good, but I've, I've got to put food on the table and I've got to serve my stakeholders today. So it's really a fine balance. And I think for some small businesses, even knowing what their reason for being is, is somewhat muddy. And if you can crystallize your reason for being as a company, then that will inform how you want to appear to your targets and customers, both in person and virtually. But I would say as part of the business plan, which many small businesses don't have either, you've got to really articulate and let that be, let that reason for being be infused in everything you do. I, I, I would agree with that 100%. I would buy that every day of the week. Um, because I think most people get into business just to make money. And well, I think, and you, I, have and to, I think you have to know your why before right. anything yes. else. I, I, yeah. think, what I is absolutely that, agree with that. That guy, Simon um, Sinek, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. reason why. Yeah, the YouTube. If you haven't seen that YouTube video, go watch it. It's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of uh, there's a lot of salespeople that are just sales commission people that end up, they're the drivers, the salespeople that end up starting businesses. And that's the reason why. They're like, people will buy what I have. I'm going to sell them a lot of that. But that will only go so far in the way of different. And you could probably go your whole lifetime doing pretty well as a small business, but you'll never truly differentiate yourself and break that glass ceiling and be seen as someone different. Well, and I think that in the model from 30 or 40 years ago, that worked. Right. Um, But it doesn't work today because people have so much information that they can draw from and so many options to purchase. You know, you think about how you can buy a book now. I mean, 20 years ago, you know, you bought a book, you went to the store, you bought a book. 
you know, now you can get it digitally. You can get it at Amazon and a variety of other sources. You can go to the bookstore and, and check it out. And there was a time, even when Amazon was available, that you would go to the bookstore because you wanted to read the first couple of pages. Well, now you can do that too. So what happens to how we market to our targets when there are so many ways and so many options to purchase? You can buy a, you can buy a car online from Craigslist, right? I mean, it's crazy, and people do that. So how do you differentiate yourself in this very busy, flooded marketplace? Yeah, I think it's all valid uh, no matter what size business you are, what your price point is. If you're selling a $20 yoga class or a $200,000 x-ray machine and you're a medical device salesperson, it's all the same. People don't want to be hammered and sold to. They want to be educated and feel like they have a trusted advisor. That's like what Sally said. We've been hearing that for years. If you can look at your sales rep or your sales executive, and you look at their business card, and it says sales executive, but you look on it and the, and the text changes, and in your mind you see trusted advisor, then you won. And I think that's the goal is trying to get there. Um, and I'll just, you just kind of touched on something that got me excited about this studio and our why is companies struggling to to educate and be a thought leader with with provocative entertaining content is what we do that's our why so we help businesses deliver that message that you're talking about in a way that's going to be noticed right and uh, i see it everywhere um just case in point last night chuck um we're looking at um adding a, a production cart um something like over there but nicer and something that's in between lugging cases to a set through the through the production trailer or truck, um, but actually be able to work off of it. And in my research, I found there's two leaders. One's been around forever, called Backstage Studio, and the cart's about two grand. Wow. The other new, cutting edge company. I don't I don't know how new they are. They could be out for a year or two. It's called Innovative, and they have a killer website. Videos on their website. Their product is double the price. It's essentially the same thing. It looks cooler. But I found myself watching these videos of the different models and reading the reviews and getting all the... I was really like ready to hit add to cart buy right. on either one of them within seconds after just a couple of peaks. And then I got sucked into like an hour and a half of research. And prior to that, what do we do? We talk to people we trust to know. So I texted two DPs in the business that work on movies. I said, which cart do you like better? And they both wrote back, either one is what you want. But then I found myself buried in the computer re- watching videos, learning about the models, and here's why and where. So totally, totally valid what you're saying. You know, people love to learn. I just don't I want do. to make I, the I wrong decision and buy the $3,000 cart when the two would be just, you know what I mean? That's what I'm after, saving well, the money. It seems like you're trusting them to make, you know, it, it's almost, I think, in the back of your mind when you educate you're putting the buyer in a position or the potential client in a position to think that these people have the, my best interest in mind. They are going to put me in the very best solution that that's for me, that fits my needs um, in my budget versus the opposite. I'm going to shove this straight down your throat. Well, and, and certainly in the commercial environment, you know, B2B versus B2C, when you think about the pressure that is on someone to make a purchase in a business environment, whether it's IT or or something else, there's a lot of pressure. So what can you do? And this is something that I try and remember. What can I do to make that decision maker a hero? How can I 
make the sales process and the subsequent delivery and implementation of whatever we're selling done in such a way that his leadership or her leadership, their peers, whatever, slaps them on the back and goes, wow, that was really well done. You've done a great job. And by the way, you know, here's your next promotion or whatever. So not only do you want to educate, but you also want to um, put the, your, your stakeholders in a position where they feel good about it and can kind of, you know, um, elevate their stature within their organizations. So final takeaway as marketers, business owners, um, position yourself to be a trusted advisor is step one. And step two, if you can, if you can leave your customer, your client, uh, or your company with the feeling that they're ha- they're, they're the, if they're the happiest about that purchase when you get to that point, then you really won. That's what I'm hearing. Yes. Awesome. Uh, Sally, one final thought. Yes. So because of your mixed background with small business and large business, um, you know, what? It, back to positioning yourself as a trusted advisor and educating and delivering content in small doses in the right time, you know, what's something you've seen or learned at the big level that could apply or should apply today for, for smaller businesses or even medium-sized regional operations in the area? So can you dig a little bit deeper into that question? I'm not sure I understand what you mean. Yeah, so you know, when you work for a company like Microsoft, mm-hmm. you know, they have unlimited resources. Not quite, but go ahead. <laughs> That's the perception yeah, from a sure. small business. You know, yeah. you have a bazillion business units, huge teams. Right. Um, you know, you guys obviously understand marketing really well. Yes. Um, as, as, as some of your competitors, not really competitors, but similar sized companies in different mm-hmm. spaces. So what's something that Microsoft... Um, is doing or just conceptually doing or has done that's really working well that still small businesses seem to not get. That's kind of what I'm after. Yeah, so I think one of the things that we're really working on um, at Microsoft, at least in the area that I'm in, is we sell basically software and platforms for systems to be developed on. And so one of the things that we're really keen on is understanding what the business case is and what the business value is. So, you know, there have been years and years and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that have sold technology in this case to technical people, which needs to be done. But one of the things that, one of the reasons why technology gets a bad rap is because technology is done for technology's sake, you know, the nice shiny thing and let's, let's give it a, let's give it a shot. Um, but if you can derive business value from, um, the technology that's being implemented and get those business people involved early, then you've got a better chance at really delivering on the company's vision, on your customer's vision. So from a small business perspective, if you are looking at selling a car, uh, a refrigerator, whatever it is, we now know that women have a much greater impact on those sales as than than men, or at least it's equal. So if you are selling to a family or a couple or whatever, make sure that you're getting everybody that has a stakeholder in that is a stakeholder in that purchase in that process, and make sure 
if you're talking to a guy, okay, what is the, what does your partner want out of this vehicle? What does your partner want out of this refrigerator? Whatever. So I think bringing the entire purchasing team, for lack of a better word, together and understanding how you can respond to their each unique needs, I think is critical. So tip for small business, um, especially if you're if you're B2B maybe and going outbound trying to get new business like someone like myself is, you know, talk to a decision maker, talk to the marketing manager, get them excited about you. But the minute you can get all parties involved sooner uh, will help the cause. Absolutely. Sally, thanks for coming on again today. Thank you for having me. It's been great fun.